What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs gotta eat. We've got an exciting, we've got a spicy, we've got a crispy, all adjectives for chicken fingers, film for you today. We're talking about running backs with upside that is elite, Olympian level, right? These are the running backs that could win you your fucking league. We all, we know about the C-Max and the Dalvin Cooks and the Saquons. A couple guys not being drafted as top five overall guys that have top five, top three, top one, number one overall fantasy running back in their range of outcomes. These are legitimately the league winners, okay? Guys that I think could average over 20 fantasy points per game. That's what moves the needle, okay? That is what gets that done. Let me flip over here so y'all can see that shit. These guys today, guys we're talking about today, See, I did it before it was cool. That was me inserting shit into my veins right there. So young folks, I'm going to learn a thing or two today. Fantasy running backs with elite upside, my top five. If at any point throughout the video you don't hate it, please subscribe to the channel if you're new and hit the button that looks like this. They call it the thumbs up button. All right, so it is time. Tuck our shirts in. Stop yelling. Let's see. Before I kick it off, I want to know who you guys think has a lead upside. Maybe there are a couple of guys I left off the list that you guys have a stronger opinion on than myself. Or you can guess who I'm going to have on this list. Yes, there's a fucking thumbnail, so you might already know who I'm going to be talking about. But we're going to break them down in depth. And I want to know who you guys like. And give me some reasoning. Give me some big facts behind the comments that you throw down there. The worst thing in the world is when people just fucking drop random comments and then they say, thank me later. Like, thank me. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I ain't even going to start. I ain't even going to start right now. We're going to start the video. That's what we're going to do. First up on this list, you know what? I'm actually going to move this guy to like number three because you're probably sick of me talking about him already. The first guy up on this list right now is Austin Eckler. And you might not think of Austin Eckler as an elite upside guy. You might think of him as almost a specialty back at this point. But Austin Eckler, in my opinion, is a dark horse to finish the year as the number one overall fantasy running back. If you look at his pace last year in games he played with Justin Herbert, he was on pace for 114 targets, okay? That is like C-Mac. That is Christian McCaffrey-esque type numbers in the passing game. We know that the numbers are going to be there for Austin Eckler in the passing game. The biggest change and why I'm excited about Austin Eckler this year as compared to last year is that they have a new offensive coordinator. Anthony Lynn is gone. Okay, Joe Lombardi is taking over. Joe Lombardi comes from the Saints, where Kamara was the fantasy running back one last year. Again, the problem has always been Anthony Lynn. He saw everything running back related as black and white. He said, you're type A, you're type B, you do this on the field, you do this on the field. He was he was infatuated with the what the number said when a running back stepped on the scale. Whoever had the highest number got the carry on the goal line. That will no longer be the case, as we've seen from Joe Lombardi. He is perfectly fine giving Kamara goal line touches when Ingram was there, when Latavius Murray is there, whatever the case may be. And, uh, and yes, Alvin Kamara is like a 40-bucket piece heavier than Austin Eckler is. But we still did not see the Saints divvy up the goal line work to the to the heavier backs than Kamara, which tells me that this guy, Joe Lombardi, is much more open-minded to the fact that Austin Eckler might be good on the goal line, right? And it's not just a mere projection. It's actually precedent. Precedent. Like, we've seen this before. I have so much trouble saying the word precedent, like setting the precedent instead of the word president. Regardless, Austin Eckler are going to be fucking presidential this year in fantasy football. That is the biggest change. The fact that Anthony Lynn always shoved Josh Kelly, Kalen Balaj on the goal line when Austin Eckler 
Eckler was clearly the better back. Melvin Gordon, when Austin Eckler was going off his fucking skids in the first four games and Gordon was holding out, came back, Austin Eckler got no goal line work. You have Anthony Lynn out of the picture. Austin Eckler starts getting goal line work. He's going to be a fucking problem. Again, these are these are elite upside guys. This does not mean that these guys don't come with risk. This does not mean that these guys are my favorite picks. This does not mean to start drafting them as the RB2, RB3, RB4 in fantasy football. I just think in the range of outcomes is the number one running back overall in fantasy football for Austin Eckler. The second biggest change, and this actually probably is more important than the coach. Maybe not. I think they're equally as important. Literally, the Chargers have the most improved offensive line coming into this year. Okay, They signed all-pro Corey Lindsley away from the Packers, and they drafted Rashawn Slater with their first-round pick. They also added Matt Filer. They added Oday Abushi. Both graded inside the top 32 guards per PFF. Eckler has always been one of the most efficient players and running backs on a per-touch basis. And now I can only imagine what he's going to do with an actual supporting cast around him that moves the line for him. He doesn't need to move the defense himself. This offensive line is going to be the most improved offensive line in the league. They were they were a liability last year. Now they are an asset to Austin Eckler in the running game. Okay, you look at, you got a real deep threat quarterback thrower now. You got a good line. You got weapons like a motherfucker out there in Los Angeles. Eckler is going to be a nightmare for opposing defenses. He might actually average 6.7 yards per carry or some shit, okay? So you tell me he's going to catch 80-plus passes, 90-plus passes. You tell me that he might get more goal line work this year. You tell me that he's got a good offensive line. So even if his volume in the carry game is a little bit limited, he's going to be averaging like 5.6 yards per carry, okay? You don't need that many carries when you're averaging an elite number there. Austin Eckler, very much a dark horse to be this year's RB1, if not a top three running back overall. Antonio Gibson also fits this mold. Washington football team, okay? If we talk about Austin Eckler being athletic, then Antonio Gibson is a fucking Olympian athlete. He's basically the raw version of Christian McCaffrey. At six foot, 228 pounds, runs a 4.39 40-yard dash. Just just uh, abysmal type numbers. I mean abysmal in the best fucking way possible. He saw 170 carries last year as a rookie. The man had a total of 77 touches in college. He is so inexperienced. Let this let this man, give this man a second to marinate on an NFL field and become what we think he can become based on his athleticism, his profile, what he did in college on the limited touches, and then what he did last year on limited touches. Everything points towards a monster monster year for Gibson. And you start looking at the analytics, right? He had the third highest PFF grade among running backs last year with at least 150 carries. He was very good on the ground. And again, I am worried about the toe for sure. The toe is is a concern for me, but the further we get into the offseason, the less we hear about it, the less I'm concerned. And again, this is elite upside. This is not riskiest picks. We're not factoring in risk here. We're just saying that Antonio Gibson absolutely has RB1, RB2, RB3 overall upside because he is such a well-rounded, explosive athlete. We know he's phenomenal gifted in all aspects of the field. When you look at what he did in the receiving game last year, again, limited because J.D. McKissick was taking so much work there, but he ranked top 12 among all NFL running backs last year in yards per out run, in catch rate, in breakaway runs, and in juke rate, which is basically his elusiveness, okay? And I'd assume as a rookie, they weren't trying to put the whole team on his bike. They're not going to give him an, an out-of-control workload when he's already an ex- inexperienced running back coming out of college, okay? They had nothing at the quarterback position. Like, they couldn't just put everything onto Antonio Gibson. His opportunity last year was just 47.3% people. That was 34th in the league amongst running backs. Look for that workload to expand big time in 2021. And Gibson is the type of player with the 4-3-9 wheels. He, he, he can take it to the, he can make a fucking crib call on any given touch, on any given carry. He can catch passes. He can make guys miss. He will take all of the goal line work, right? When you look at the goal line work, how it was shimmied up last year, right? Gibson ended the year, I believe, with 11 touchdowns, 11 rushing touchdowns. He had 10 goal line carries. Peyton Barber had eight. 
he had six in week one. Okay. So Peyton Barber had eight altogether. He had six of his eight goal line carries in week one. After that, it was literally all Antonio Gibson. JD McKissick had two. So it was all Gibson. And I expect that to be the case this year. So every goal line carry they have is going to go towards Antonio Gibson. I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick will be good, to be honest with you, but it definitely makes the offense more explosive, right? They add Curtis Samuel, they add Deami Brown. It's a whole lot of playmakers, a whole lot of speed to cover for these opposing defenses. And speaking of the defenses that they get to go against, Philly, Dallas, New York Giants, all right? I know the New York Giants are actually not that bad, but if you look at the last seven weeks of their schedule, it's fucking absurd. The last seven weeks from weeks 11 through 17, right? Because week 17 is now a fantasy playoff matchup. Listen to the schedule for Washington. Carolina. Seattle, Las Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. I'm going to repeat that one more time. The last seven weeks of the schedule, Carolina, Seattle, Las Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. I'd imagine Gibson and Terry are probably going to be, I don't know if Gibson's ever going to be a buy low because he might just not start off slow. He might just be a beast from the rip. But maybe as that toe becomes better throughout the year, maybe they limit his work a little bit early on. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. But Terry McLaurin, might be the best buy low candidate. And Tony Gibson might be one of the best buy low candidates halfway through the fantasy season because of those last seven weeks. Carolina, Seattle, Las Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. Not one good fucking defense on that list right there. Beautiful. So Gibson, uh, the biggest concern is the toe. Second biggest concern is does he get the targets because J.D. McKissick took a ton of them last year, okay? And J.D. McKissick is a good player. He was a wide receiver in college. Still expect him to be a weapon there, but I think they start to give a bigger and bigger workload to Antonio Gibson. And you give a man like that a bigger workload, it's going to be problems. It's going to be fucking problems for people that did not draft him in fantasy football. Same with Cam Akers, man. Cam Akers is, uh, the hype has gone really, really, really fucking Richard Branson type stratosphere atmosphere. Sorry, I'm about to eat a carrot. I don't know why I just did that in the middle of this film. Big carrot guy. Are there any seasonings that go on carrots? Carrots are basically just like crunchy water. But I feel like you could season them with something. Like onion powder, garlic powder wouldn't taste good. There's something out there I bet that tastes good. Someone let me know. Have you ever experimented with some weird shit? All you BDSM motherfuckers out there probably putting garlic powder on your carrots. I know where your head's at. Okay. Sorry. Carrot Cam Acres. I've talked so much about Cam Acres this offseason, which is why I didn't want to start it out. But I realized, you know, there's always a lot of new people to the channel. I'm going to try to do my best without losing the people that have already heard me talk about Cam Acres, but... This guy's upside is so fucking real. He 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 has RB1 overall upside in fantasy written all over him. He checks just about every single box that an elite fantasy running back producer can check. You look at the offense. You want to look at the system. You want to look at the scheme. You want to look at the fit in the offense. And you look at Sean McVay, always producing really good offenses. Very good quarterback now, Matthew Stafford. Their offense can be way better than it was last year. You have a very good offensive line, okay? They were a uh, top five run blocking line last year per PFF. That's like the holy trinity right there. You have a great system. You're behind a great quarterback, and you're running behind a very good offensive line. That is like, you don't really need to know much else in terms of situation, right? When I talk about running backs don't matter, I mean, it won't really matter, right? And Cam Akers is going to get the work. But then you add on his athleticism, 215 plus pounds. So you know he has the size to stay on the field for all three downs. You look at, going back to the offense, like them just, Sean McVay trusting him. Over the last six weeks of the season last year, he averaged over 24 opportunities per game. If, if he's even sniffing that this year, he's going to be a top five fantasy running back, hands fucking down. So 215 plus pounds, uh, 89th percentile, weight adjusted speed score. So just breakaway athlete, right? That's such a big underrated piece of like bursting away from linebackers and safeties, right? That's the difference between guys like Josh Jacobs and uh, a guy that we'll talk about in a minute. It, but like good burst to get through the original hole and then can you break away from the safeties if you don't have a type of weight adjusted speed score like he does in the 90th percentile you're not gonna hit those big plays you're not gonna hit the 30 40 50 yard runs that propel you from low end rb1 to 
mid, high-end RB1. There, there's a difference there, and that, that's usually it. You can have good vision, you could have good burst, and that will usually equate to averaging like 5.2 yards per carry or 4.9 yards per carry instead of 4.1 or 4.2, right? That little wiggle inside the inside the hole. You see the hole, you can have enough burst to get through it. Once you get through it, are you going to be able to hit the secondary? Are you going to be able to sprint away for 22 yards, for 27 yards? K-Makers has that. Very good pass catcher. Uh, had an 87th percentile college target share. We've seen him on the field before. We've seen him catch the ball, uh, one-handed catches. He looks phenomenal out there. He's a great athlete. He can play on all three downs, and they showed that they wanted to do that last year, last six weeks. Again, 24 opportunities or more per game. Malcolm Brown, now gone. Malcolm Brown led the team in receptions, in targets, in red zone touches last year. There's so many valuable opportunities to be had for Cam Akers. And you look at what Sean McVay talked about all last offseason. All last offseason, he said going into the year, we're going to be using a committee. We're going to use three or four guys. And they did exactly that. A lot of y'all don't want to listen to what they tell us. They told us they were going to use a committee. And then Cam Akers still went in the fifth round. This year, the tune is very different. This year out of Rams camp, we're hearing Cam Akers featured back. Cam Akers not coming off the field. Cam Akers, nothing he can't do, okay? Different tune. They told us what they're going to do last year. They did it. They're telling us what they're going to do this year. They're going to fucking do it. Okay. I am again. Listen, I've been I've been saying the Acres upside is there for RB one overall status uh, before it was fucking cool to say it. Okay. And I'm not I'm not taking bike this 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 take. It ain't happening. I almost reached for another carrot. Cam's got me excited. I need something to shut my mouth, but I'll just use what they call self-control. So I love Cam Akers. Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler are three guys with absolutely incredible fantasy upside this year. I actually have a team, my dynasty team, Go Fade Me Dynasty League, which I won last year, reigning champion. Shout out to motherfucking me. Congrats, Scott, on this year's championship. My three running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers. We're going to run that shit bite. Honorable mentions, though. I did say top five elite upside running backs. We have those three. Trey Sermon, man. Trey Sermon just reminds me so much of Josh Jacobs. I think he can have as good of, if not a better year than Josh Jacobs' rookie year. Okay, when we're talking about the breakaway speed, Sermon and Jacobs both don't have that. They're in the slower-ish range when we talk about 40-yard dash, when we talk about breakaway speed. But their burst and agility is really high. And as long as you're elusive, that's huge. The burst and agility is what turns those three-yard runs into eight-yard runs. It's what turns those eight-yard runs into 16-yard runs, right? Because you could beat the linebackers. You just can't sprint away from the safeties or cornerbacks usually. But having the vision and the burst goes a long way in efficiency for these running backs. And I think Trey Sermon, I love this kid as a player, man. And uh, Kyle Shanahan running backs speak for themselves. And people like to talk about this as a carousel within the San Francisco backfield. But that's literally only the case because of injuries. There's never been a time where he has willingly used like four running backs, okay? Jeff Wilson's already scheduled to go onto the pup. Mostert's already hurt and not participating in uh, some of the OTAs. But we cannot forget what has happened when the starting running back stayed healthy. Devonta Freeman, under Kyle Shanahan back in 2015, was the RB1 overall in fantasy football. 361 opportunities in 15 games. That's over 24 opportunities per game. In 2017, this is one of the most forgettable years that most people need to fucking get into their head. And this is what excites me so much about a guy like Trey Sermon. Because him and Carlos Hyde are very similar players in my in my humble, correct opinion. In 2017, Carlos Hyde for San Fran, under Kyle Shanahan, saw 240 carries and 88. You a goddamn 88. Yes, 88 targets. Carlos fucking Hyde saw 88 targets in 2017. That is 328 opportunities. I'm a fan of Sermon's talent. The opportunity he finds himself in, again, with Jeff Wilson already starting on the pup, most certain limited in practice. His ADP is going higher and higher because the upside is real. And I'm not saying I love where he's getting drafted, 
but the monster rookie year that has big time upside attached to it, very real in my position, in, in my opinion. Okay. This team wasn't even a top 20 scoring team in the NFL last year in terms of points per game. And they still had 40 carries inside the five, inside the 10 yard line. That is, that is the green zone for running backs. And you think they're going to trust fucking Jimmy G to be throwing it in tight zones? No. 40 carries inside the 10 yard line, despite not being a top 20 scoring team in the NFL last year. They're healthy now. Kittle, Debo, bike. Hopefully Trey Lance under center, which will open up massive holes in this offensive line. Shit is going to be spicy, and Trey Sermon is going to benefit from it, man. He's one of those guys that, you know, he might not have a monster role to start the year. He might just be like an 8-10 to 10 touch guy for the first month. But I imagine him being like very, very heavily used in fantasy lineups by the end of the year and into the playoffs when it really matters for fantasy. Trey Sermon on this list for sure. And I guess I want to throw Miles Gaskin on here. You know, he hasn't been the biggest, uh, I haven't been the biggest advocate for Miles Gaskin. I actually made like the do not fade video a couple weeks back and Gaskin was on it because I could just see a world in which we look back and we're like, yeah, Miles Gaskin was a dead zone running back. He picked him in the fifth round. Obviously, he wasn't going to be like a top guy. But if I'm being objective, man, if I'm being objective, the upside is very real. And they added nothing to this running game. When he was on the field last year, he was seeing over 20 opportunities per game. He had a very good underrated college career. He rushed for like 1,100, 1,200 yards, I think in like three or four straight seasons. So he has the pedigree that he showed us he's good at football. And now they're giving him the opportunity and they didn't add fucking anything in his backfield man i know they added malcolm brown malcolm brown might take some of the goal line work uh, but i'm more excited about miles gaskin in the passing game he is a good pass catcher uh, so maybe he only ends up with like five or six rushing touchdowns but he can do some some dirty fucking work in the passing game uh, and this offense is just going to be very much improved with to his second year will fuller jalen waddle very spread out offense which is going to be great for miles gaskin so again not a guy i'm targeting necessarily but i do have to acknowledge that the upside for miles gaskin is real based on what we saw them give him last year in terms of opportunities and it was big time it was jackpot type shit all right so those are probably five of the guys i think have very real upside that aren't like hammered home right now uh top five picks you know you have the if fucking underlined player x running back gets hurt crew right that we all like to go nuts about tony pollard uh i'm not gonna waste your time and be like if this guy gets hurt this guy's gonna be fucking a huge fantasy guy like that is the case for pollard that is the case for chuba hubbard that is the case for aj dillon and that is the case for Darrell Henderson with Malcolm Brown not there. So if you want to grab backups, I definitely like drafting the handcuffs of the guys that I draft in season-long leagues. Don't do that in best ball. Um, speaking of best ball, if you are not signed up on Underdog, Underdog Fantasy, uh, the link to download the app, it'll take you straight to the app stores in the description of this video. It is the single best place to prep for your fantasy football season. They're best ball drafts, so you don't actually do any in-season management of the team. No trades, no waiver wires. It's beautiful. You just draft. It's the funnest part of fantasy football, and you can do a lot of them, okay? They're $3 minimum to draft, so you're doing, and, and you win, obviously. If you come in the top three, you get money based on the place that you fucking finish in and the buy-ins, okay? Um, but the ADP is sharp as hell because everybody's playing for money. It's a great place to practice and great place to get ready for your season and know the trends of different players and know where these guys are going. Miles Gaskins dropped two rounds in the last two months. So now he becomes a guy that I'm okay drafting. And I know that because I'm drafting an underdog daily. Okay. And if you throw $10 onto underdog, again, the link for the app is right in the description. It's the first thing you're going to see down there. If you throw $10 in there and you use the promo code BDGE, when you sign up BDGE, they're going to literally throw $25 extra on top. So you're going to have $35 to work with off the rip. Go draft fucking Miles Gaskins 11 times. Miles Gaskin, no S at the end of it. 11 times go draft his ass. That's $33. You got $2 left over for a fucking bag of carrots. You love to see it. Big carrot promo code guy. Uh, that's it for today's video. Tomorrow we will be doing the same thing, but with wide receivers. Elite upside wide receivers for the 2021 fantasy football season. Drop a comment down below. Uh, let me know what other running backs you think I missed that have elite upside. Obviously Aaron Jones is going to be in that mix if 
Aaron Rodgers comes back, all that shit. Drop it down below. While you're down there, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Thumbs up if you enjoyed the video. Thumbs up if you hated the video. Thumbs up if you thought the video was extra medium. And thank you, Fake Intern Tony, for editing this video. Love y'all. See you all. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.